everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Justice Magic, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us, monthly co-host Kat Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop and Binaural Production Engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is a co-host from the podcast, Two Kinky Women, and we are going to welcome... Don't get dyslexic here. Midnight Lady. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I wanted to talk about the proper use of saran wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we could do a lot with saran wrap. Uh, Bondage, for one thing. Um, bondage is always fun. Uh, it, it is a very close subject, um, meaning it's very tight and restrictive. <laughs> so there's some safety things, and you always had to have a pair of safety scissors with you so you could cut off, you know, but you can um, you whip someone, you wrap them up in saran wrap completely. You can whip them through it. You can um, poke them with pins if they like <laughs> certain kinds of feelings and stim- stimulation and sensations mm-hmm. uh so that's a lot of fun you can then cut a hole and take out their naughty bits <laughs> and play with their naughty bits <laughs> through the holes um so yeah saran wrap is is good fun but you do have to be aware because we are you know uh, risk aware kink consensual adults that if they start to have any sort of medical issues, you do have your safety scissors on hand so that you can cut through it quickly, um, checking for um, circulation in their extremities, depending on how tightly you wrap it and what position you wrap them in. I mean, this is a whole world of things that you can do um, (laughs) with saran wrap. Saran wrap is amazing. I love saran wrap. I don't need, I don't cook, but if you come to my house and look at my cabinet, you'll find saran wrap. Oh, a bargain basement price. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get the good kind. You can get the cheap, you know, kind that you buy from the dollar store. It works great. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I don't know, there's something I don't know, I've always liked saran. I mean, I have made the mistake of using sharp scissors. <laughs> And actually, definitely poking people with scissors. Yeah. Well, it's, there are safety scissors that allow you to cut through without intentionally causing harm. I mean, we want to do harm, but we don't want to do unintentional harm. Right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the lifestyle in sure. general. You know, um, you know, a, a lot of people. I would say younger people or newer generation people are familiar with this lifestyle because of a particular book or movie 
um, which I think is very, very misleading and does not represent the lifestyle at all. Um, which is Fifty Shades of Grey, obviously. Of you know, I, I mean, I, I, I've never seen a scene last only three minutes, and if it's only going to last three minutes, what's the point anyway? Eh. <laughs> but, True um, enough. But but you know, how, what do you think? Like, what do you think of like you know how the scene used to be and and how it's changed through pop culture to where it is now? Wow. Okay. So we're going to jump right in. Um, Okay. So to a little bit about myself, I've been in the scene 25 years now. I have been all shades of uh, the DS dynamic, Dom sub, uh, power exchange, mistress, uh, dominant, bottom slave. I am presently identified as a switch, which means I can be top or bottom. Um, and I think that, that the advent of FetLife has been extraordinary for the scene because now, now when you want to find an event, you want to go to a munch, which aren't munches are new. Um, if you want to find an event, you had to know somebody. Mm-hmm. You had to be in the scene. You had to be an active member that would go to parties. And while you were at the party, you would get the invite for the next party. So there was no central location where you could go to go to an event. So I started in 1997. I found a scene in 1997 from a, a little thing called AOL <laughs> back in 1997. I was so excited. Oh my God, AOL. Uh, chat rooms and, and text boxes and bulletin boards. And so that's how I found the scene. So back then, um, there were parties, but they were all very much uh, on the down low. Uh, mm-hmm. You had to know somebody. You had to know somebody who knew somebody, you know, or you could answer an ad, uh, uh, get information from the back of the village voice. Um, there was classified ads in the back of the village voice. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a long time ago compared to where we are with, with FetLife now. Uh, and another huge difference in the scene was back in the late 90s, 2000, you know, going through the 2000s, um, there was no sex in the scene. There was no sex. You played. You did your BDSM, your spanking, you know, your DS play, all of that sort of engagement and that kind of uh, activities. But the sex, there was no penetration of any kind. There were no sex toys used. Um, You went and you did that sex stuff later when you got home. Um, So then we took a break. My husband and I took a break because he is also in the scene. Mm-hmm. More than 25 years, actually. Um, so we took a break to raise our child. And, you know, raising children takes full energy. So we really didn't do much with that, um, with the scene. And and we have since, our child is much older now. He's a teen, a surly teen. Uh, so now we are getting back into the scene more because you don't need a babysitter and all of that. Now, I mean, I think the first time we went to a play party, where 
we saw people playing. We were like, oh, this is so great to be back. What are they doing? Oh, my God, they're having sex? When did that happen? <laughs> like, that was like this epic change between what we knew the scene to be was no sex, sex negative. Like, you didn't do that. It was just not done. And it was even in the rules, like, just not done. To come to a, a new environment in the scene and now everybody's got the toys out and the sex toys and the dildos and the and, and everybody's having the sex so that was a huge that was a huge like shift in those mores that i found fascinating i always thought it was lacking the sex uh-huh. so when i saw that people were having the sex i was thrilled i was like wow Okay, this is awesome. Because um, you didn't orgasm. There was no sexual touching, uh-huh. you know, of any kind. So, for, you know, so now it's like, oh, you mean I can come after the scene, like right there? Well, that, you know, that just made my day, you know. I made my whole, like, year. <laughs> just have to wait, you know. Um, the other huge thing that, that is different is the, the emergence of FetLife. And with the emergence of like, I think came these munches and munches are a vanilla setting. You go and you have a meal, you share a meal with other people who are kinksters at a restaurant. And I get a lot of um, emails on FetLife that, that, you know, oh, I want to meet you, mistress. I want to, I want to play with you, mistress. I want to, oh, all the things with you, mistress. When can I, where can I meet you? All right, meet you at a munch. Oh, no, I can't. I can't meet you at a munch. Why not? Oh, someone might know I'm kinky. A munch, nobody outs you at a munch. You don't get like a little scarlet K when you show up at the door. It's a meal. It could be your office work party. It could be grandma's birthday party. You know, like Mm -hmm. nobody knows that you're a group of kinky people having a meal together. Nobody knows that unless you're going to the thing and then you're both there for the same reason. So nobody has to out anybody. Um, so those are new. Munches are new, which I think is a great idea. You know, especially it took us a while to get back into the scene because we had to, we had moved, we had since moved to, from Jersey to Pennsylvania. Um, so it did take us a while to get back into the scene, but FetLife was really instrumental in that because now it wasn't make friends, make friends, make friends, wait, get it, maybe get an invite. Now it was like, oh, there's parties over there. Oh, there's party there. Oh, there's a party there. Wow. <laughs> like, oh my God, we could just show up at these places and like go to a much and, and get vetted, you know. So those are the huge differences between the scene back in the 90s into the 2000s and how we've come into this new era of openness and communication. And Hmm. I think that is where I think it's a great place to be headed. I think it's a wonderful place to be headed. Yeah. When I first was introduced to any of this, I don't know, it was, was clubs in New York. Like Hellfire, yes, Hellfire, the Vault. Um, there were some other places in the Meatpacking District that people used to go to, 
And, yeah. Yeah. and then that sort of fizzled out. And like at least I know here in New Jersey, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been any part of the scene, but, you know, there were sort of like underground dungeons. Like people would turn their basements into these yes. little dungeons. Yes. And, Absolutely. And you could, you know, become a member or you go to the yes. munch or uh, sometimes they would even like grab you off of a website like Collar Me, which is, I guess, gone now, but. Yeah, um, yeah, that that is um, right now. Those are where the smaller um, people having dungeons in their basement. Um, we belong to a group here where we live in, in in Pennsylvania that has parties once a month in their basement. We uh, we have a dungeon in our basement as well. And like I said, once my son is of legal age, uh, we'll be having some social interaction and social activities uh, as well where we are. Um, so that that is one portion of it. So it's a lot of um, people with dungeons in their basements. Mm -hmm. The other thing is um, kink events. And with COVID, Sort of on the wane, we're hoping on the wane. Yeah. Um, weekend kink events will start coming up. There's one next month called Naughty Gras, put on by Studio 58. And I love weekend kink events because it is a 24 7 Willy Wonka's house of kink. <laughs> like you just show up on Friday and they paper the windows for the hotel. And like 3 p.m. on Friday, we own that hotel until like 12 noon on Sunday. And it's classes and it's demos and it's play parties in the evening and vendors and um, people and talking and all kinds of fun things and activities and meeting people. And um, we even did karaoke. We did karaoke at the last event. I, was, I met such a nice person at, at the um, Yubu at the at the last event. So uh, I love those weekend kink events. That is awesome. Yeah, all that stuff did kind of go away, I guess, with COVID. I don't know. I yeah. I, I spent the last five years in Alabama, so there's <sighs> like you know obviously there's nothing there. Um, yeah. They do have a swingers scene. But it's weird. People will put a pineapple out in their front yard. Oh, is that the signal? <laughs> <That's> the, <yeah. laughs> the old pineapple trick. Um, uh, okay. It's so, <laughs> a new one. <laughs> so with BDSM and kinks, um, you know, why do you think it, it sometimes gets – a bad rap, like all of a sudden they think, you know, um, it's just about the sex or, or it's, um, you know, like, like all of a sudden you're, 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 you're sleeping with everybody in town or, or even like, like they think like, uh, you know, you're only going to be turned on by pain. I think people, vanilla people now, we're talking only about vanillas, mm -hmm. vanilla people. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't. Ha I have great affection for vanilla people. Um, I just don't. They just don't have the understanding that when you're 
lifestyle kinky like I am, like my husband is, like my podcast partner is. We are lifestyle vanilla. I mean, lifestyle kinky people. That That's just how we identify ourselves. There is, um, there is a, a thing there that an essence that I love. I love it. I just absolutely love it. it it's who I am. I love kink. I love S&M. I love power exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and power exchange is the change of energies between the top and the bottom. Um, and there's different kinds of power exchange and everything. What I, I don't think the vanilla people get, get how that makes them feel. How it makes, how I feel when I do it, when I engage in it. Um, when I talk about it, I love it. I, mm-hmm. I could talk about this all day, every day. Um, it's, it's similar to this. Okay. So if you love cars and you just cars, cars all day long cars. You could talk about different kinds of cars and the engines and the models and the this. That's what they love. That's what they love. They could obsess about cars and own six cars. It's okay for them to own six cars, but it's not okay for me to behave and, and live a kink, a kink lift lifestyle because they are making a judgment about me and, and what I like and what I enjoy. Um, and you know, it's, it's very similar, let's say with the, with the swinger community, mm-hmm. I was, we, back in the 90, late nineties, we had a play party <clears throat> group that would meet it was called not for everyone out of Jersey. Um, and I was co-hostess and I was the welcome wagon. I took all of the new people and just introduced them to uh-huh. everybody else and made sure everybody knew everybody and, and knew, and I would match up to people who had similar interests together so that they could know each other, basically. So we were doing this scene, and my friend Jim and I, we were scening, and we shared the club with swingers, and the swingers were in the basement, and we were, the kinksters were on the living level, mid-level, and we used to call them the towel people. Because they would come upstairs dressed in towels uh-huh. and they would watch us. We weren't allowed to go into the basement, but they would come up and watch us. So my friend and I were like the Abbott and Costello of the kink world. We were doing a scene. We had people laughing in the aisles. I'm a smart ass masochist. So I would say things like, boy, you hit like a girl, you know. <laughs> so. And it was very funny and it was very entertaining. But I could hear these two towel women talking to each other. Oh, my God. I would never let a guy do that to me. I would never let him hit me with a big board. You know? And I had to laugh because I'm thinking to myself, no, you'll just go downstairs and have sex with any number of individuals. And that's okay. But if I want to come up here and get my butt spanked, that's a problem. So there's no, your king's okay, my king's okay. Why can't I do this? Why can't I enjoy something that I enjoy? I don't keep you from obsessing about cars. Mm -hmm. Why would you have an opinion about what I do? 
because they judge it. They judge me, they judge it. So I think people who are vanilla, who see movies like Fifty Shades of Grey, which did have some legitimate aspects of it. It did. I mean, there were some legitimate aspects of that movie that were, you know, there were some that were completely out there, don't get me wrong, but it has great porn. It has great <laughs> porn. Um, and that's how you know when you're kinky, because I would rather spank someone than fuck them. You know, like if I see a cute guy at, at the store, I think, oh, I'd love to spank him. That comes first. Then I'd look to fuck him after. <laughs> spank him first. Um, so they look at that and they think, oh, my God, she's a nut. She must have been abused. She must have this. She must have that. And they look at and they just don't understand why I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so they make it they make it evil. They make it horrible. Oh, my God, this is horrible. You know, we got to rid the world of these horrible people. <laughs> so I think people just make judgments and they're really not aware uh, of what it means to that person. Yeah. The kink, finding the kink. I mean, I grew up, yes, I was abused as a child. Um, and even into my adult years, I had no self-esteem. But when I found the scene and people wanted to know me and people liked me and I thought I was gorgeous and it welcomed me and I felt like I finally found a place where I fit in. And I think that's what the scene does. The kink community does. We're very open, honest, accepting community. We take everybody. We take everybody. And so all of those people who don't fit in your traditional vanilla society, we take all of them. We take everybody. We love everybody. <laughs> yeah, the non-judgment and, part of it is definitely awesome. Your kink is okay. My kink is okay. Just because you like, I can't stand needles. <sighs> Ugh. Like needles. Ooh, I can't even watch needles. But I'm not going to tell you that you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave the room. I'll go talk to somebody. I'll go get a snack. I'll go play. I'm never, ever, ever going to tell you that you can't. And I've seen this done once. I saw it once. And then I was like, oh, I can't watch that again. He actually had barbecue skewers through his back. And then they had laced some oh, twine yeah. down it. I mean, gorgeous, I guess is a good word. Weird. It's a weird word. But it was it was a spectacle. It was mm-hmm. something beautiful that I'm sure he was loving. Um, you know. Me, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I can't even get out a splinter with a like with a pin i can't even get a splinter with a pin it's mm-hmm. like oh. um but i'm gonna tell him he can't do that if that's what he likes right yeah like that kind of stuff like, like i've never seen that that actual thing happen you know in person i've seen it in movies and um yeah it's like i don't know like that like I, i'm i hate blood so but at the same time while I, but watching it i'm like 
I'm kind of fascinated by it. I think it's pretty cool that people can do that, you know? I call that the train wreck. <laughs> it's the train wreck. You don't want to watch, but you don't want to look away. <laughs> yeah, you know, same thing with like meat hooks. Like when people I've hang seen off that. Them. Well, you're, you're looking at 25 years of weekend kink events <laughs> where the kink comes out. And I like to say my weird shitometer is pretty high. <laughs> I've seen some really weird shit in my time. So you've seen the meat hooks. <laughs> Which makes for great stories when I'm old and gray and my son puts me in a nursing home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting old is kind of weird, too. <laughs> um. So what is, like, one of the most outrageous things that you've seen? Hey, um, one of the outrageous things that I've ever seen. Well, the, the meat, the, the, the barbecue skewers, mm -hmm. that was pretty awful. I've seen the meat hook um, through the skin with the guy suspended. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, uh, what else? Um, there's certain, they weren't crazy they were just spectacular i've seen human ponies hooked up to a, a chariot uh -huh. with a gorgeous six foot leggy decked up in the latex and the whole thing whipping and i saw the the ponies with the butt tail plugs and the, all of the paraphernalia on their face and um and she would ride through the dungeon space, mm -hmm. like through the play space. Because uh, there's always a path. There's always like a walking path um, that separates the w people walking from the actual play spaces, the individual play spaces. So I saw her parade her ponies around. That was, and it's like one of those, like, I've only seen that once mm -hmm. in 25 years. And it was just like, did I just see? Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! Um, and if you go to enough events, there you'll see the same people over and over and over again because we all go to the same events, especially if they're in our area. And there used to be a guy that we called Dildo Man. That was that's what we nicknamed him, <laughs> Dildo Man, because he would just walk around the dungeon wearing women's pantyhose, sucking on a dildo. That, that's what he did. He never played. He just walked, he would just walk around the dungeon wearing nothing but pantyhose and sucking on his dildo. And that made him happy. Um, he seemed to be attracted to me though. He seemed to like to follow me around, <laughs> which got a little weird because, uh -huh. you know, you see somebody following you. He never bothered me or anything. He just, wherever I went, he just seemed to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why I noticed him, because he kept following me. Um, year after year, we would see each other, really? too. And then one year, one year, I was like, he was playing with this woman. He was actually playing with him. And I said, oh, my God, honey, look. He goes, what? I said, it's Dildo Man. He's got a playmate. 
oh my god and this is he like he never had a playmate uh-huh. he was always by himself following me um i was like oh my god i was so happy for him like i was <laughs> genuinely happy for the little man um so what, what else have i seen um i saw a woman who had long beautiful hair done up in a knot in a hook that raised her up off the ground so her toes were just touching the ground naked gorgeous naked and her dominant was whipping her while she recited shakespeare flawlessly flawlessly <laughs> that is pretty cool <laughs> and you're just like she not him and he's you know he's really given her some good you can hear them mm-hmm. the sound of the crack of the whip against her back and she is reciting it flawlessly not not even missing a beat so i've seen that i've seen um a man whose pants were at his ankles tied to a pole and his two dominants were beating him with boat oars <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I happen to know that young man, that individual. His name was um, Paddle Me. Um, I've known him for as long as I've been in the scene too. Um, he made me cry. He made me cry in my first scene. Really? I never topped anyone before. I never topped anyone before. But I was like, oh, I want to try it. So my friend, uh, Mr. Gabrielle, said, "Oh, here you can practice on." practice on paddle me and it was like oh okay and so i had a paddle i pretty much knew what to do with it but he kept getting mad at me and kept yelling at me he was an old italian dude he kept yelling at me you're not doing it right you gotta hit harder you gotta hit harder and i and i i, I don't respond well to people yelling at me uh-huh. So, <laughs> Especially your bottom. Ba- so we finished the scene. I went to the bathroom and I was crying. And Mistress Gabrielle came in and she's like, oh my God, why are you crying? I was like, Paddle yelled at me. He yelled at me and I felt really bad. I wasn't doing it right. And she's like, oh my God, stop crying. Let's go. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> And we've been best friends ever since. And we, oh, she gave it to him, but good. <laughs> like, you made my friend cry. He's like, I didn't mean to make her cry. Um, what else? Oh, I've been to three parties that got raided by the police. Really? So that's always exciting to get raided by the police. Um, nothing ever happened. Nothing ever came of it. We were never arrested. Although the, there was one party where um, they showed up and I thought they were in costume. I thought they were cosplay. <laughs> and my friend's like, no, that, that's, a real, that's a real police officer's uh, uniform. I was like, oh. And Tom, Mrs. Gabrielle was playing with Tom. And she told Tom, before the police had arrived, you stand here and don't say anything and don't move. 
And that's his kink. He loved being told mm-hmm. what to do, just stand there and don't do that. So the police came in <laughs> and they go up to Tom and they're like, oh, your name, please. And he didn't say anything. He didn't move. He didn't do anything. Like they kept asking him questions. Finally, they just walked away because he wasn't saying anything. Um, they took everybody's information, you know. So my name is somewhere in the Hillside Police Department files. <laughs> <laughs> my real legal name uh, is somewhere in the Hillside Police, you know, Police Department files. And Mr. Scabriel went to Tom after this happened and said, why didn't you say something? That was the police. She's like, mistress, you told me not to say anything, mistress, and not to move. So I didn't say anything and I didn't move. And she was like, (laughs) okay, then. Very good. So now the party's broken up because the police came and, you know, broke up the party. And we're all out in the parking lot and party man legendary character in the scene at that time party man is like oh i'm getting a hotel room uh, you know at the raritan in, in um what was it the raritan in hilton everybody coming like everybody from the party i'm renting some rooms mm-hmm. and so we did we all got in the car and we all went and had a hotel party for, you know um and so it's like you just got to be like ready for anything you know We've had uh, another party that got raided by the police. Um, and then nobody could be naked. I was like, oh, man, well, that just ruins it for me. I'm, I get to the party and it's like, oh, when can I get naked? <laughs> um, you know, that's just me. It's like, oh, and then I have to remember, oh, wait, I'm at a baby shower. I can't get naked here. And like, the vanilla <laughs> cannot get naked at the vanilla things. <laughs> I have to remember. Um, so yeah, in 25, 25 years, I've seen some strange and, and wonderful and downright weird shit. That is awesome. <laughs> Do you have any kinks of your own that like, like you think they're your absolute favorite? Oh, oh yes. I have, I have quite a few. Um, and they're a little, uh, extreme i like to have my uh clitoris caned i love i love that that i like to have my nipples caned i even like to have my um anus i like to have my anus caned i i love it it and if you've never been caned before caning is a very different sensation from like let's say being struck with a paddle paddle is like a thump Mm-hmm. It's like one, you know, you feel it immediately and then it's over. Caning, caning is very different. Caning packs a lot of speed and and pressure and power in that small round, maybe an inch mm-hmm. uh, wide. What it does is the force hits the skin, hits the skin and you get that momentary feeling. Then the force but it doesn't stop the force. The force actually travels through the muscle, through the skin, through the muscle, down to the bone, and kind of ricochets back up. So it's kind of like this twofold feeling. It goes in, and then you get it. Come, what goes in comes out. Um, so for me, 
you can't cane somebody boom, 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 because that is like, you're looking at, you know, five cane strokes all at once. You're looking at 10 times the, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. come back. So it's like, okay, it's like a very nice pattern, nice rhythm. Um, yes, that is my number one favorite thing to do. Uh, I still like paddling. I have quite a paddle fetish. I have something on the lines of about uh, 10 different paddles. I like paddles. Do you ever get creative with your paddles, like using, you know, I don't know, um, spatulas or... Well, see here. It's like you go to Dollar General and then all of a sudden everything looks like a sex toy. They call those pervertibles. (laughs) I... I have found that pervertibles really don't work for me in in that they don't provide, I mean, prior to like weekend kink events, things of that nature, you had, you were relegated to pervertibles um, because you just didn't have access to those kinds of toys, those kinds of things, you know, Specific types of paddles that give certain types of sensations and things of that nature. Um, so you related, you, you know, you went to the to the store and bought those big wide hairbrushes. Um, you know, because you wouldn't use it to brush your hair; you'd use it to spank yeah. somebody or yourself, for that matter. If you didn't have a partner, I've done that too. I've spanked myself because I wanted to feel that sensation. And I didn't have a partner at the time. So I've done that. Um, but now, now with such an access, I mean, you could buy king products on Amazon now. Yeah, it's much easier to get them now than it was yes. like in 1980 where, you know. You couldn't because there was no internet. Yeah, you had to there, there had, maybe go to really a, like, an adult bookstore, which has like very limited stuff. Very limited. They were, yeah, the, the adult bookstores were very skeevy, very sketchy, um, and had porn. Pretty much that was it. There was no BDSM sex toys, kink products, you know. Um, now that's not to say that you need to go out and spend a hundred million dollars. A bathrobe tie, plastic wrap, um, there are things that you can use around the home. A blindfold, you don't have to get the fancy one with the fur on it. A bandana, it, it, you know, it can be a great blindfold. Um, so I like the way certain things feel. So when I go to kink events, yeah, we're always looking on the, you know, looking for the um, different toys and I had spoken about my level canes actually the last kink event I found three canes wrapped together Mm -hmm. that when you hit them when you hit with it it feels like you're getting hit with three canes at once oh that's pretty cool so that uh can't use that on my naughty bits because that's just over the top Mm -hmm. but on my butt it feels really good Mm -hmm. So, so what else other than caning? I mean, I will agree. Like, oh. caning is really cool. And, like, when I first saw it, like, in a video, I was like, oh, my God, that looks horrible. But then, you know, after having that experience, it's kind of like I almost preferred that fast stinging sensation. Yes. 
Because I'm more of a yeah, I'm more of a stingy than a thuddy. Yeah, me I'm not too. too big on the thuddy. Um, I also like um, I don't like flogging. Don't like flogging. So that was something I figured out pretty early on. I do not like thuddy. That flogging mm-hmm. is very thuddy. I love anal play. I love doing butt plugs and and anal play and anal sex and and so I love all of that. So I have a variety of dildos and butt plugs and and different. I have ones with tails, ones without tails. <laughs> um, I like I love that um, nipple clamps. I love nipple clamps. I have a variety of nipple and labia clamps. So I like those, and we'll use and we'll use those with in my play. Um, I like, um, like I said, I also like. I'm also a top. I must mm-hmm. switch so I can do both. I like to think of myself as greedy. I like <laughs> them. I want. I want it all. I want more. <laughs> um, I play with both men and women. I like women too. I think women are easier because I know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having the equipment already, I know what to do with it because uh, I know what I like and what feels good to me. Um, I also like fantasy. I like role playing sometimes, mm-hmm. a little bit of role playing. Uh, pirates. I have a pirate's fetish, uh, a pirate ravishment fetish. <laughs> now I did not say rape that's a whole other thing that that does not interest me at all ravishment is much uh, more consensual it's, it's a consensual fantasy right uh, because I wanted to make sure, you know, there is the distinction between ravishment and a rape fantasy. That, that I have no interest in. Um, but ravishment by pirates sounds good. <laughs> I think I was a pirate in a past life. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Whenever I do past life episodes, I'm like, yeah, I think I was a pirate. So I'm obsessed with pirates. Oh, I, I like pirates, too. I like pirates. Um and I do believe in past lives, so I do believe that we we have the opportunity if we want to to look at other parts and new beginnings of our existence. So, so how about? Um, I don't even know if this really considers as play, and um, but just like uh, aggressive sex, hair pulling, biting. Chewing, oh, absolutely. Pinchings. Um, Takedown. Or tell, <laughs> just being demanding, telling the person what to do. Well, then that's, well, there's two types of play. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> there's two types of play you've described. You have rough play, and the rough play is the hair pulling. The, the biting, the pinching, the uh, general rough housing, the rough treatment. Um, and all of that is consented to and agreed to and ahead of time. Mm-hmm. When they do the negotiation for that scene, 
they say, okay, hair pulling and pinching is good. Don't choke me. Uh, don't, I don't like choking, so don't choke me. But you can throw me around or you can throw me on the bed or you can bend me over the bench or, you know, the, all of that is negotiated ahead of time. And then you can also have um, takedown scenes where that, again, is agreed to and negotiated where they are physically brought down. They start off on those wrestling mats and, and the takedown scene happens and they fight for their dear life against the, the dominant and then, you know, and it's all, again, agreed to and consented. So then you have the the rough play and the rough housing. And then there was a second thing that you mentioned that has since escaped me, hmm. a second type of play. I don't I'm know sorry. What it but, but it, it has escaped. Is it unusual for somebody to like both the rough play and slow sensual play all during the same session? No, that's not unusual. No, because maybe they have to be Because they kind subdued. of accentuate each other in a way, I think. Yes. They have to be subdued. And then once once the man has proven their dominance and they, are, they have subdued their bottom, and then it's like you give in, you know, and then there is that sensualness that is like the reward for... You know, being the the aggressor and and your conquest, mm -hmm. um, and I say male and female. You could do a female and a male too, yeah. female top and a male bottom too. And want to be pejorative and say that only men are dominant and women. No, definitely not. <laughs> For the sure. king police, you know, the king police will you know show up on my social media. <laughs> um. So, are there any, like, I mean, I, I, I've seen some pretty cool things, too. But have you ever seen people play in public and you're like, that's just not safe? Oh, yes. Oh, I've seen a lot of, holy, holy. Like, like one of the things, like, I know that I've seen <laughs> is people um, paddling people on the side, on the back, on the kidney area. And I've seen that multiple times. Yes. See, here is the thing. Here, here, is, here is the thing. Anybody can pick up a paddle and smack anybody else. Anybody can pick up a cane and cane somebody else. Here is where, as kinksters, we, especially veteran, veterans in the kink community, in the kink scene, we need to educate people on how to do these things safely. What we are doing is risky behavior. Mm -hmm. Yes, what we are doing is risky as fuck. Because did you know you could break somebody's hip with a cane? Yeah. You can break somebody's hip with a cane. You can cane them in the wrong place. You can burst a kidney. There is such a power behind that cane stroke you have to be very careful that you are landing it on their buttocks because if you are too close and the cane wraps and hits their thigh with the hip is, it will wrap. And when it does, the force is enough to break their coccyx. If you 
cane them too high, it's enough to uh, wrap around and break a hip, fracture a hip. I mean, so that's why these kink events are so important so that you can get real hands-on education. That's how I knew about the safety scissors with the plastic wrap. Um, circulation issues with bondage, um, all of that stuff. We, we, we take these huge risks, but we mitigate for them, except for those people who are playing unsafely. Um, and those, when you see those types of scenes, if you are at a public play space, a kink event or someone's house, you might, <clears throat> you could go up to the owner or the DM, the dungeon monitor, and say, I've witnessed unsafe play. Let me show you where. And then let the DMs or the owner of the house make those decisions on stopping that unsafe play. We've um, seen, I saw a scene where um, we should have stopped it. Should have stopped it. I was so new to the scene that I didn't have enough wherewithal mm. to know this guy had uh, agreed to be bullwhipped by this very, she was very uh, big in the scene. She was very, um, a lot of people, she was very famous. That's the word I was like, famous in the scene. So she had bullwhipped him till he was bloodied. I mean, his entire back was just chewed up. Um, he didn't safe word out and she did not stop. And then by the time she did stop, you know, uh, the scene was done. And I went to my friend because I knew him. I knew this person. I said, did you consent to that? And he's like, no, I was so far gone. I didn't even realize that that's what it looked like, that that was what was happening. So we as veterans have to be more judicious when we're watching other people's scenes um, and report them because, like I said, we do a lot of kinky, risky stuff that gets people hurt, can get people hurt. Um, I saw a caning demo where, remember I told you the force that you can behind mm -hmm. caning? He didn't warm her up. He didn't do anything to prepare her. He just caned her full force five times. He broke her. He, she fell to the ground and started sobbing. And she, he broke her. And he was supposed to be demoing caning techniques and, and proper caning and risks. And he didn't do any of that. He just gave her five wax and like that was the whole demo. So I went and reported him. I said, I've never seen. He broke her. He broke her. And I said, that is just horrible. It was horrific to watch. I walked out. Mm -hmm. I walked out because I wasn't going to sit there and be a party to that. So yes, there are people out there who are um, risky players, risky unsafe players, what we call them, risky, risky unsafe players. Yeah, or sometimes because she was famous. Sometimes new people too. That haven't yes. researched how to do something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was at a play party just a couple of months ago and I was sitting down um, 
talking to some other people. And there was a new person to the party, to the group. I've been in part of this group for like five, no more than that, almost 10 years now. And this new person was, it was their first night there. And he was, he was playing with his rope, tying somebody up in the social area. So he was tying someone up in the social area. So he was in the wrong place and his rope whipped around and hit me right up here. Now, his rope could have came around and hit my eye. His rope came around and hit me there. I didn't say anything to him myself. I went to the owner of the house and said, this just happened to me. You need to talk to him about safe, you know, where to use your rope and, and be aware of who's around you in those moments. Um, so that you can be safe and you don't whip somebody in the face with your rope. You know, I mean, it didn't hurt over much, but it was like an inch above my eye. Yeah. If that were my eye, we'd be having a different conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So you, you have to, as a veteran player, you have to know what the fuck you're doing. Don't hurt somebody. Don't do damage. You know, we always say we want to hurt them, but we don't want to harm them or, or damage them. Um, and if you don't know how to do it, but you want to learn, well, then you have to get the, the self-esteem to say, hey, I saw you caning that person. Can you show me how to do it safely? How do I do this? How do I do it? You know, I saw you tie that person up. Hey, I would, I'd like to learn how to tie people up too. Can you show me how to do it? Um, and this is just my personal rule thing that I live by. I never do to another human being something that hasn't been done to me first. Mm -hmm. So if I want to cane someone, well, then I have to be cane because I need to know what it feels like when you do it. Because then if I don't know what it feels like and I'm doing it to you, I don't know how painful that it is. So you're telling me that your pain scale is at an eight. And I'm like, ah, really? I thought it was only like a two. Well, if somebody gives me an eight with a cane and now I understand, oh my God, that's an eight. That's way too hard. I got to back it down. I'm hitting you too hard. Um, it's, it's good to have that frame of reference. Not everybody lives by that rule. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not begrudging anybody else. I'm just saying that's a personal rule of mine when I play. How about humiliation? Um, you know, you, sometimes you see people that like to be humiliated, though. They like to be um, called names, spit on, slapped, have things written on their bodies, used as a toilet. Um, like, where does that fall in with play? That is definitely a style of play that I neither engage in as a bottom or a top. And that's just, uh, personally for me, that's just my, my personal feeling, mm -hmm. um, that I, I, but I'm not judging anyone who, 
who likes that because it gives them whatever it gives them, whatever it does for them, however that makes them feel and they like that feeling, then that's the thing that makes them whole. If that's the thing that, that they love, then they should do it. Um, I can't speak toward the motivation for it. What, you know, cause I think everybody's motivation is different. Um, in terms of why they like something. I mean, I'm sure there are lots of women out there who, who would never want to have their, their sex cane, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they'd be like, Oh my God, that you would see that's crazy. Um, so, uh, uh, again, your king's okay. My king's okay. So I can't really speak too fluently on the humiliation play. Cause again, that's like a hard limit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a hard limit is something that you absolutely will not do with, you know, it's not a soft limit where there might be some part of it you could do. No, that for me is definitely a hard limit. Interesting. How about fetishes? How much does a role those fetishes play in the scene? Oh, oh yes, definitely fetishes. Okay. So here, here is where fetishes come into the scene. Anything can be made into a fetish. Anything. You can have a fetish for women in tight sweaters. And, and so every time you see a woman in a tight sweater, your sexual map got put into that category. Um, fed, you know, like you can have a foot fetish. Um, like I said, women in tight sweaters, uh, latex, leather, pleather. Um, uh, you know, like a uh, rope, rope. Fet- I mean, you name it, there could be a fetish. You'll find a fetish mm-hmm. for, for it. Um, food play. Uh, I think they call that splashing. Um, pony play. Any, anything could be a fetish, really. If you like it and it, that's your, your, your go to button. That's your, what I call your bing button. You know, um, that's, that's the thing that gets you hot and bothered. Then it's a fetish. It becomes a fetish. The ladies, grandma's underwear, you know, like whatever, (laughs) whatever it is that gets your goat, that gets you to go bing, can be a fetish. See, I think that's so cool. Like, you know, like, like growing up, you know, there was a generation (laughs) I did, certain things were sort of, because not necessarily because they're bad, but but you feel ashamed. Yes. For for liking certain things that other people didn't like, you know. That, that and, is part. And, and and that's where the the, uh, the BDSM community, I believe. I mean, I mean, I think there's a whole bunch of positive things. Like one, there's the the, the just the being open open to physical sensation and open about sexuality and sharing intimacy. Yes. And in the end, really, what you're sharing is love and, and, yes. and enjoyment. Um, but you're taking away people's shame for certain things that they might be ashamed of. Um, I don't know. There, there, it, it, it just goes so deep into all these different things. I think sometimes, too, it helps people deal with traumatic childhood yes. things and abuse. You know, Even though it might not make sense to certain people, I mean, I think... It does can help with that too. 
Yes, absolutely. Like I said, I I uh, am a survivor of abuse, mm-hmm. and finding the scene was the best thing that has ever happened to me because there I felt like home. I felt like people were happy to see me. They wanted to be around me. They thought I was gorgeous. They, they saw a light in me that I didn't see until much, much later. Um, and the thing I did want to mention, you had talked about the shame. Um, a lot of people have a sh- you know shame that they want to be a crossdresser. They have shame that they they're gay or and what it comes down to is this is being your authentic self. The shame comes from when you deny who you are. When you deny who you are at your core, at your essence, if you're the guy that wants to be a woman, wants to dress up like a woman, but you feel shame for that, then that's not addressing and that's not acknowledging your authentic self. And and that to me is the essence of life. It's just acknowledging and accepting your authentic self. If you like cars, go go car crazy. If you like to dress up in women's heels and get your butt spanked, then dress up in women's heels and but but it but it's this and it's no. You're attaching the shame to it instead of just acknowledging, hey, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I like this. This makes me happy. I'm going to do more of it because it makes me happy. I don't care if society thinks it's shameful. I don't care if my mother thinks it's shameful. If it makes you happy, and and then do it. Right. It's your authentic self. But ha- having that community helps a lot, helps yes. people get through that obstacle. I think sometimes people by themselves can't do it. No, no, that, no, you are correct. That's the, the, the community raises, you know, the village Re- it really raises you up um, and, and gives you the support. So now you thought you were alone. When I first found the scene, I had only been reading stories and, and catalogs and, I, you know, things of that nature. When I first found the scene and my first scene party was like, I showed up there and I was like, oh, my God, you mean these people actually do the thing that I've been fantasizing since I was six? You know, like I've known I was kinking my whole life. So I'm like, these people are actually doing the things. Then I think about my mind all the time. Oh my God. It was like I had literally was a relief, right? to like into a candy store. And it was just like, and there was things happening in every corner and people were crazy and, and there was sounds and because I'm very auditory. I'm very auditory. There were sounds and it was just the most amazing experience for me. To have to have come home, it was in a sense coming home, because um, I felt like this is it. This is where I need to be. This is this is my my shtick. This is my jazz. This is the thing that makes me go bing. <laughs> <laughs> but it must have made you, it felt good, right? Like like, like I mean, obviously oh, it made you feel good, but all of a sudden it's just like, whew, 
I'm, I'm finally... It was such a relief. It was such a relief to find this community. Uh, like I said, I, I became the co-hostess for this group and we had parties twice a week. We had back then, back in the late nineties, we were having parties twice a week on Thursdays, um, Thursdays and Fridays, or was it Thursdays and Saturdays? Friday and Saturday. It was something of that. No, it was Wednesday and Friday. That's what it was. Wednesday and Friday. Um, so that was, you know, it was a lot of work and I, I used, I wrote fiction for the newsletter. I mean, so then, and I planned activities for every party, different socials and mixers and things of that nature. So it was a uh, welcome addition to my otherwise uh, challenging home life, shall we say. Mm. Um, and then there was, you know, like, weekend events and we were teaching and we were, you know, so we've been, um, presenting my husband, I would present and, and, and now my partner, the podcast, two kinky women, we are also presenting at different, various, different, various events. So we, we like to give back and educate people. The kink is not the devil. You know, <laughs> how do you feel um, that 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 you being kinky and your husband being kinky, do you think that gives you an advantage in your relationship together? Yes, actually, I do, and here's why. So, we met at a king party. Uh, Twenty, we were married nineteen years, twenty-two years ago, and we met at a king party, and. We're both bi and we both have open relation. We're both have open relationships. So we have an open marriage. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Um, that means my, my husband never has to cheat on me like ever because cheating doesn't exist mm -hmm. in our dynamic. Um, he's bi. I'm bi. I like women. He likes men too. So we do have on occasion. Not all the time. They relationships come and go, um, but we do have other relationships. Uh, we are each other's primary, though, so we are um, together in that we are each other's number one, and then we have secondary, occasional partners. Uh, that you know, like I said, relationships come and go, and this and that. So when I hear. You know, my, my one vanilla friend, girlfriend, she was like, wait a minute. You let your husband, like, sleep with other men? And she's like, that's terrible. Like, she, you know, I said, no. I said, it might be terrible for you. I said, but we like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're married 19 years. So you can't be married 19 years, you know and not have at least something of a good relationship to be still married after 19 years. Um, so I think our relationship really works for us. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not to say that we don't have our issues because we do. Everybody does. But I think one of those things that makes us strong and makes us stay together is that we do allow for these other relationships. There are needs that he has that I 
no matter what I do, can never fulfill. I can never be a man. Right. I can buy the package, and I can buy the dildo and the strap-on, but I can never actually be a man. So, and, and same with him. He can't be a woman. He's got all the stuff because he cross-dresses, but you can't do it. You can't be a woman. So we allow for those other expressions. We allow for those other relationships because it makes us stronger and it brings us back together again. But we also have rules. We do have some rules um, that were either one of us to break those rules then that would, I guess you could say, constitute cheating. Mm-hmm. I put air quotes around cheating. Um, so, but then I wouldn't even consider that uh, cheating. I would just consider that, well, then we need to renegotiate what's going on and make a lot, make new allowances or, or change the dynamic in some way. Because if, if, he makes a conscious decision to go against the rules, then there's something wrong with the rules. And maybe we need to renegotiate those rules because our our lives have changed or our needs have changed. So even then, it's still open to communication. So Um, what are some of the rules? Well, okay, so if he's going to have sex with another individual, um, not a woman, though, He, he just men, he wants just men, he has to put a condom on. Every single time, every, every, every single time for whatever ex- sex act, if his penis comes out, he's got to cover it up. That's what I said. If you whip it out, cover it up. That's, that's basically, that's the rule mm-hmm. is cover it up because, you know, we're opening ourselves up to not being fluid bonded when we include other people in the relationship. So he has to be safe and use a condom. And the other rule is I need to have, I need to know that person at least on some level. Like I don't need to be best friends with them, but I just need to see like a picture, uh, know their name, the real legal name. Um, and if you're going to spend the night with them, I, I need to know where you're at. Oh, you're spending the night at this hotel in this room. Okay, great. Just communication. Same thing with me. If I'm playing with someone else, uh, he needs to know who I'm playing with, where I'm at. And we do like um, check-ins. Mm-hmm. We do like safe safe calls, safe texts, just to, you know, hey, no, we're still good. You know, I'm still here with blank. Um, everything's good. Okay, good. I'll be home, you know, a couple of hours or tomorrow or whatever the arrangement was. Um, so as long as we include each other in these mm-hmm. alternative play times, then it's fine. Because then I feel like I'm not being left out. That's, yeah. That was my fear, is that he's going to pick up with these other people and just sort of like leave me in the dust. Um, and he's never done that. So that was really just a fear of my own that never even materialized because he had, it wasn't even a I thought to him, but it was for me, but I communicated that to him. And so now he is aware that that irks me and he's very conscious about that and sends me tasks and things of that nature to keep me involved, but not there in the room. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever 
do this together? Like, this, has he ever had like a man with you or you? Not like, yet. Like, like threesomes and foursomes and like little mini orgies. Well, we have in the past had uh, as many as five people in the bed with us. <laughs> um. And those, those particular things are few and far between. Um, mostly they happen at like kink events where there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one play party. It just sort of happened. And that's what it, how these things sort of just, nobody plans them. <laughs> like they just sort of happen. And I was playing with this, this, this man, uh, the dominant and his wife. And I was playing with the wife. And then the dominant, and then um, my husband came over, and he was playing with this other woman, uh, and then uh, uh, and then Jim came over, and he started playing with all of us, you know. And it was just like, oh, okay, I'll go with it because this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had pants in my part. And I had hands in other people's parts, and and it was just like, wow, did that really happen? Because that was awesome. <laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs> so yeah, so we we have on occasion uh, had uh, quite a few people in the bed with us. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But and when you would be. It wouldn't happen if you weren't open to it. Now, there are some people who are monogamous in the scene. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They play with each other and they play with each other only. And they don't play with anybody else. See, that's not me, though. And that's not my husband. And, and it has never been me or my husband. We have always been open. and Because and, I love the exchange that you get with people. Um, I love my husband, don't get me wrong. I like to play with other people, too, though. Because they bring different energies and different enjoyment levels. And and um, I think we would have a real hard time in our relationship if we closed it off. I think we, I'm not sure that we would last over long mm-hmm. if we suddenly one day decided to close off the relationship, which I don't think will ever happen because we've never been that way. Um, but yes, I think that makes us a good couple is this openness and this willingness to communicate and, and um, be open to other people and, and relationships with other people and fun and play and sex. And, you know, um, how about bondage families, you know, where it's like a, a master and then the master has the <laughs> slaves and then there's different subs and it's like, they have all these different, roles that they play within the family. I, I forget I, what the name of it is. It's called a leather family. That's the technical term is a leather family. Um, that is a, I don't know. I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn or not, but traditional, it's more of a, um, no, maybe not. A gay, I was going to say it's a gay men's theme because I've seen that a lot with men, gay men leather gay men um but but i've also seen there's some women in those leather families so maybe it's not typically a gay thing maybe that's just some perceived 
perception of mine from mm. what I've seen around and seen. Um, it's basically a family. I, I guess it's just, um, I, I have never been part of a leather family myself. So I really can't speak intelligently um, about leather families because I've never, but I've, I've known people who were in them. Let's put it that way. But that's the extent of my knowledge. Hmm. Yeah, I've never been to one either. I've known people that have. And <coughs> I don't, to me, to me, it seemed like there was, I don't know. I'm not going to go there, but, but it was just, <laughs> it was what it was. Um, how about, um, you know, like, like with COVID, like I know there used to be events like like huge conferences like i think one was like test or something like that yes and, test is coming back and, and, and all these different events um, in july is it really uh-huh yep um yeah kinky women is gonna be and we're hoping to uh, present there awesome so so, so 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 that's coming back and you guys are going to start attending them and do you, are you going to do yes. any podcasts from these events possibly <laughs> We, we are hoping to get a, a very special, famous kink uh, person who is promoting her new book. And we are hoping, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to talk out of turn until the ink's dry, you know. Um, but we're hoping to do a live episode with this famous person promoting her book um, at TESS. So... Uh, yeah, so we're, we're, but we have to get, we have to get approved to be presenters first. Uh-huh. <clears throat> cool. So I did, I filled out the application for that. But yes, COVID, <laughs> COVID, <clears throat> even last year, there was very few events. Um, and the events that are going on now, there's uh, Naughty Gras, which is next month, which we're going to. But you have to be vaccinated and you have to actually show proof of vaccination mm-hmm. at registration. So, and we'll be wearing masks in the public spaces and, and when we're, you know, when we're alone or just in the room or, you know, in our little bubble in the play space. But in, generally, we would be wearing masks in and the public. Can you wear a leather studded mask? You could, you could, you know, you could. Hey, I'm sure you can, uh, people will have it. I'm sure they will think about it and they'll dream it up and then they'll sell it. Because, yeah, you can see a lot at those windows. Sitting, you're like, oh my God, what is that? It's really cool. That is cool. Um, so before, thank you for coming on. This was oh, really a you. fun episode. And, um, you know, I hope my listeners don't think any less of me after listening to this. Nope. <laughs> nope. And um, before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find your pod- your podcast? Oh, wonderful. Okay, so we are at two, the numeric two, kinkywomenpodcast.com. That's two, the numeric two, kinkywomenpodcast.com. And when you go to the website, you can listen to the podcast. And it's, uh, we talk about everything kink and BDSM and power exchange and alternate lifestyles and 
Um, we have an episode coming up at the end of this month. We always drop it on the last day of the month. Uh, it's called The Anatomy of the Scene, where we go into not just the usual boring stuff about, you know, the scene, uh, make, make, but we go into really in-depth things like, well, what do you do when it all goes wrong? You know, mm -hmm. nobody tells you. They tell you how to do it right, but nobody tells you what to do when it all goes <laughs> wrong. Um, so things that are a little bit different that I that we feel like aren't being discussed. Those are the time types of information where we have in those podcasts. And you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, uh, all of the podcast places where you can listen. We're there. You can listen to us also on the website. There's a diary where you can read our adventures. Uh, and every month with the podcast, there is a free downloadable infographic that tells you the top five things that you need to remember from this episode. So in case you don't have time to listen to the episode, you could just read the infographic and get all of the goods right there, download them. And if you sign up for the email every month, it's a short email newsletter once a month that just tells you, hey, a new podcast came out. And we also include, only for our email subscribers, more free downloadable goodies and information. And I think a couple, what was it, a couple months ago, I did, um, I did, I was, oh, I did submissive coupons. <laughs> and it was a coupon where the submissive was allowed to be a brat without consequences one time. <laughs> and they would download the coupon, cut it out, and they would give it to their master, this, you know, dominant, and they were allowed to be a brat one time without consequence. Uh, so we always try to involve, you know, give them cute, something fun, uh, uh, things uh, on the website to get people to subscribe so that we can continue to do the work that we're doing. Awesome. Well, I'll put a link to your website and to the podcast in the notes of this episode. Thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And um, that was a pleasure. Maybe you could, guys could do an episode on Saran Wrap. Well, we'll have to, we will have to, uh, um, we would probably do something like that when with wrapped up with other types of play, which is, um, what else do we have? Oh, we have it coming up in the next few months. We also have, uh, we're doing an episode on anal play and strap-ons. We're also doing an episode on um, communicating difficult topics. How do you talk about difficult topics? and how it relates to the kink scene. So we're, we're not just doing fluff. Mm -hmm. We're, we're having difficult conversations around kink, kink and S and M, S and M and abuse. What's the difference? What does it look like? You know, so we've done these episodes where we're, we're fun and light, but we're also doing education and uh, helping people. That's fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for being on, and uh, we'll do this again sometime. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, me too. And I'm just going to hang on for a moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Okay.
www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on the